You are listening to Oblivion. It's November 9th, 2020. Well, there's nothing to really say this week, so see ya. Yep, I guess that'll do it. All right, signing off. See you next week, folks. But, uh, oh, yeah. It's, uh, everything's going to be fine now, man. Trump is out of there. Uh, as you pointed out with the uh, Bush congratulate Biden episode, that uh, the parties have now merged. Uh, we don't have to do this voting shit anymore. They're just going to decide on their own who's going to go in these offices, as if they don't already. And uh, so, yeah, there we go. Long national nightmare over. Yeah. Right, kind of a typical uh, brainless American sequence of events, like this unbelievable drama, and this is the most important election in our lifetimes, and a historical crisis, and then uh, the election's over, and, well, immediately everybody goes back to sleep, because predictably it's just, you know, great, you know, Trump is out. So now everything will be fine. Like everything was fine before Trump got in, which is where I think I disagree with just about everybody. Not you, but just about everybody else. Um, But then the other thing is it took less than half a day before the Democrats started to go uh, to war against Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the progressives. And that's where they put this uh, Abigail Spanberger on the hit job. Now, Spanberger is a Democrat from uh, Virginia, right? And she's former CIA, right? So she's a Langley operative. And they're sticking her on AOC. And that's what this is going to be about. And so I would say that I'm interested to see how the people are going to respond to this, but I'm really not because I know exactly how they are going to respond because that they're, just, they're not going to care because they're going to keep saying, well, right now, I'm just glad that Donald Trump is out. And then, you know, three years later, they'll be sleepwalking, saying the same thing. Well, you know, boys, imagine where we could be if Trump was still in there. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. But it it goes beyond, you know, sticking against AOC. The whole thing is it's the whole progressive platform, all the Bernie thing, um, the whole progressive platform, the Black Lives Matter. that yes, very all, good point. Is all um, radical, crazy Antifa shit that has right. caused, there's, there's caused us to thing. lose in the House and not get the Senate back and barely win the president. Because of those. Well, yeah. Uh, can I pick uh, up on that one observation for just a second? Right. Um, yeah. I, one of the things I don't like about uh, what the Democrats are doing, so obviously, and how quickly they're they're doing it is it's a total uh, distortion of what actually happened on election day. I mean, it was a total win for the Democrats. Uh, You had to know intuitively, if you follow politics at all, that this just was going to be a difficult election. Like it never was going to matter how horrible Donald Trump was. We know there's something really weird and sick about the Republican Party and much of the country, and it was just going to be hard election. And Biden actually pulled it out. Like, so... He won, and you still hold on to the House, right? And when I look mm-hmm. at the numbers, I mean, it's not like they hold there. It's a two-seat edge. I mean, it's still pretty substantial. 
And then the last I heard, there's still a chance that they can flip the Senate because they're going to be runoff votes in Georgia. And Georgia surprisingly went blue. So yeah. it's wacko and just complete, uh, just a mudslinging, you know, act of just desperation uh, to to be doing this right away. Like, what's the problem? Like, it didn't it didn't turn out exactly the way that you wanted to. But then the other thing you'll notice that they don't talk about is it was five for five on pot legalization. Unbelievable! Like nobody thought that would happen. Mm-hmm. It was you know New Jersey was a yes. Arizona was a probably Montana was at best as a maybe and everybody was like South Carolina might do their medical and Mississippi was probably going to shut it down or just do the really restrictive thing. And from what I understand, it's across the board, like everything is, is a go. Right. Um, and another, about that either. So another, another instance was the uh, minimum wage was passed in you know, more places again, including Florida. Uh, $15 in Florida. Um, and what that points out is that that wasn't, and legalization also, these were not Democratic wins. They don't run on that stuff, right? Uh, good point. And uh, so, you, you know, you can say that's good for progressive people or just people in general having some liberty. Uh, but, you know, this wasn't supported by the Democrats for damn sure. And I can tell you right now, uh, this is my prediction now that Biden's in there and we can just uh, start uh, uh, shitting on him right away. <clears throat> is, <laughs> is that, uh, yeehaw. Uh, yeehaw, good times ahead. Uh, yeah, the beat up, a, beat, up a, a, a pre-cor- beat up on a pre-corpse. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so I mean, he is he is not going to be supportive of uh, federal legalization. Uh, I can tell you right now. And I mean, I don't see how you could think it'd be otherwise. I mean, that's been his whole life is to be, I'm such a hard ass fucking cop drug warrior uh, that just gets off on punishing people. Uh, he's going to suddenly uh, switch on that. Uh, no, fuck no. Uh, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And of course, they've got Kamala Harris in there, you know, the uh, Jamaican princess, uh, the Rastafari, uh, who, you know, pandered to it, said that she supported whatever that bill was. Uh, you know, of course, now that she's the vice president, well, <clears throat> now that she's vice president, we'll never know. But I can guarantee you she's all that, you know, pro pot talk is out the window now. Uh, uh, right, because she wants to hold on to that position of power, and she wants to be president in 2024, and so she's going to—it's well, basically I, one I, party I, now, and it's I think it, yeah. Thing. Well, and I think it's highly likely that she'll be, you know, she'll, you know, he is so bad shape. I mean, fuck. If he survives the four years without either being incompetent, you know, found incompetent, or. Uh, Straight up, you think nine. that makes Harris already the de facto president? Oh, yeah, of course, she might as well look at it that way. Um, so it's perfectly set up for that. I mean, that's and politics so, you know, for you, she, she fits the lowest common denominator, doesn't she? I mean, she's not just completely hardcore right wing, but she's definitely a conservative. She's a woman and she's not white, but she's she doesn't look like um, 
a character from Live and Let Die. You know, um, <laughs> trying to make a silly, um, you know, uh, racist '70s joke there. Um, but uh, you know, she's just totally bland. I mean, there's nothing that great about her. You know, it would have been. Um, uh, of course, it can't be AOC, right? Because she's too young, and it, it looks like that they're really gonna just try to, oh, you know, God. mash mash her out. And it'll be it'll be uh, very interesting to see. Uh, I mean, I will give her applause because often what I think happens is there there's a reluctance to speak up right away when this kind of hit job happens, right? And you have these these internal power plays. Uh, but Jesus calling him out on it. And for, for me, you know, I would say, and that's worrisome, but it's not worrisome because I know it's going to happen. And it's, it's exactly what happens. In fact, I think that with my predictions, most of the time, they're even more accurate than I think they are. I mean, even with the president, like it wasn't until Trump had his, I'm going to stand here and, you know, salute America being, getting out of Walter Reed hospital, you know, and, you know, fighting down, the enemy combatant virus uh, that I thought, you know, Trump was going to uh, pull it out. But it's still um, it's still a discouraging result in the sense that. Um, it's just well, a landslide. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we were we were even we were uh, even more accurate. Uh, we were accurate. on it. I mean, basically, we were saying that we were very suspicious of this. Um, surprisingly similar to 2016 oh it's just a shoe-in there's this uh it's going to be a landslide with a lot of people were the greatest landslide in modern history kind of thing reagan level yeah george will said biden would get 400 electoral votes i mean i I really can't stand george will just kind of caps that off for me on that (laughs) yeah and um um, you know we were very suspicious of that and the numbers we were looking at showed that it was very likely to be close and of course, near election night, uh, before a lot of them switched, and I, I might say largely because of, of, of uh, if not exclusively, uh, black voters, um, American Indian voters, um, voters of color, or the reason that Biden managed to pull off in the very end, but it was a razor goddamn close. Um, Right. Yeah, this is just, um, it's stunning uh, that um, how, well, just how the entire culture was convinced of this. They they run the exact same campaign as last time, but everybody just seems to think that, uh, yeah, I don't know what the process was there that, that led to that. But anyway, we... We know what the deal is, and I don't think that uh, it looks clearly that uh, nobody's going to be able to steal it um, at this point. It looks sounds like the establishment's pretty much conceded it, you know. So there's not going to. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too, because in 2000, uh, this election reminded me very much of that one, and it, it is kind of a revenge of the year to 2000 and i don't think this election was was all bad i i am willing to say i think it's good that trump lost yeah um yeah. but the problem with that as i think we both understand is that's over with now 
You know, that, yep. was, that was only the first of many steps that have to get in place. Otherwise, you will wind up right back where you were. You know, if you're only willing to take one step forward at a time, um, it's not long before everything else is caught right up to you and you're just you're back where, where you were. Um, but I'm going to make a prediction, which is that by Valentine's Day, Biden's presidency will have fallen apart. Hmm. Let me write that down. Well, what, what are you uh, basing this uh, prediction? And I think that I think that part of it is going to be uh, pot legalization because it's a big deal that it isn't just that it was five for five and it isn't just that some states did it that you might not expect it to have done so. It's that two traditionally conservative states did it. I mean, two just obviously, especially South Dakota. I mean, totally Republican, totally red states. I mean, these are uh, it's as far away as you can be from Berkeley, right? So, um, the fact that they did it shows that this is now nationally accepted. And the way these things work, for example, I was in Colorado when legalization happened. Is when change actually does happen, it happens pretty quickly because there's just there's a momentum that builds up and it's, it's just it's got to happen. And then it happens. And I mean, there was a there was a build up to it. The medical shops were just everywhere. Everybody had a card. And by uh, 2010, everybody knew it was going to be on the ballot. And uh, in 2012, just to recreational legalize and everybody knew it was going to pass. And I mean, they just and they had everything ready to go. And the, they just did poll after poll. And it passed by over a million votes, like it was over two to one. And of course, to go back to Joe Biden being this 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 total prohibitionist um, asshole, um, you know, that would have been a moment for Barack Obama to have actually achieved something as president. You know, this guy actually got to live the dream of being president, if you would you know think about it that way, especially for a politician. And he slept walk through eight years of it. You know, he was the Roger Moore of, <laughs> of, of presidents. This, you know, he, that's how he was. Like, you know, he's there and he, I mean, he could have he, he been the first president to smoke a fire up a big spleef there on those steps of the White House. As soon as it went through in Colorado and Washington State, he could have said, you know, we're going to move to a policy of uh, a federal decriminalization bonds for everyone we don't you know we, we're it's 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 wrong it's wrong to overturn what these states have done we don't want to do that and you know we've we've got to we've got to loosen up the federal laws obviously if we're going to have some states that are going to uh let it be legal and then other states can decide what they want to do and i'm sure there would have been a lot of uh bickering about it but within six months like everyone would have forgotten about it and wouldn't have cared. And it would have been on to something else that they were pissed off about. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but now certainly it's just unavoidable. Like even Cuomo, who I think is another dick. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't just don't take seriously at all, but by God, since it went through in New Jersey, now you can't be New York city, you know, big, badass, tough New York city and still walking around with your pacifier in your mouth worried about people smoking pot like a total coward like somebody who just doesn't believe in liberty at all a complete phony while right across this uh river where your you know rivalry is you know right across the the hudson river there 
they're moving forward uh, with with life. I mean, we're now in the third decade of the 21st century. You know, we're we're getting you know more toward the middle of of this uh, century than than we are uh, toward uh, the beginning at this at this point. I mean, life should be different than it was in freaking 1990. You know, when Joe <laughs> Biden was you know ascending the corridors of power by just putting people in prison uh, for, for pot. It was the war on drugs, but the war on drugs is mainly driven by the war on pot. Well, I'm glad that you're, um, you're starting to come around to my view, I think, because you were feeling much more negative about the pot legalization uh, when we started the podcast six or so months ago. In, in what way? Well, you thought you didn't. You thought there, or maybe it was a little before that, but yeah, you know, you're you felt like that it was not going to expand at all. Um, uh, you know, pretty much it was going to stay static. That it wasn't going to move forward. That in uh, the you know the red states would just stay exactly as they were, uh, which is still possible. But I, <clears throat> you're kind of going in line with my idea about the thing, which is that when there's a certain amount of momentum, it can flip in a moment. And and really, it, it does come down to, it seems like it has to come down to when New York um, legalizes it. Because then there may be enough pressure to be like, you know, we just have to get rid of these, at least the uh, marijuana part of the drug war. You know, they, I mean, the problem right. is, is that they're only going to cut out that part of the drug war at best. Of course, um, you can't uh, just, the the rest of it got to have a war. Is not going to yeah. It's not going to uh, um, although it should be. It should all be under question. It, at least that part, you know, and may and maybe it's a domino effect, and that once that changed, then scrutiny on the rest of uh, the Nazi. Uh, uh, police state, American police state, drug war will uh, get uh, a proper. Uh, I don't know what it would be. Um, surrender. It'll have to surrender. <laughs> Defeat yeah, it. Right. All right. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think that um, yeah, that's very possible, but. Uh, I think it, at least at first, you're definitely going to see that they're not going to take that up as an issue that they're going to support. Uh, right. And I think uh, it, here's an interesting way to look at it. Since the Democrats are obviously determined, you know, to, to keep the Republicans alive, you know, like if there are ever a moment to just totally vanquish this horrible organization, I mean, quit calling it a political party and think about what it really is. It's just a political organization that just wants to devour again to use the blakeian uh paradigm of the devour and the and the prolific in their um super battle in the in in the universe but uh i mean these people just it's just chew everything up and just victimize everything and to turn everybody into a complete you know just vessel of like poverty and despair and work them like crazy I mean, if you want to talk about a cunt, why don't we talk about <laughs> Mitch McConnell? And did you hear what he said? Like, the latest job report looks good, so no more money for, for everybody. 
is the, is the state of Kentucky not just a complete total disgrace at this point? Like I remember growing up and I knew enough about politics that I wasn't in this enlightened hub, but it, but for the earlier part of my life, it seemed that Kentucky was just sort of typical. It wasn't that bad, but man, now I think it's just horrible. Well, politically for sure. Um, and I think that it's partially because, um, yeah, I mean, led by McConnell, it's become this perverse. Well, I mean, the, the Republican Party spoiled the water by so cynically using the evangelical people uh, and uh, constantly harping on the family values. Of course, the Democrats having no reply to that and want to prove how, you know, how big a Jesus freak they are and uh, how many babies they've birthed and uh, those important issues like that. Um, And they also are just totally beholden. Uh, You know, it's not just the local people's fault. I mean, on high, Amy McGrath is the perfect uh, symbol of this is that here, you know, no candidate is to be offered up to the electorate unless they have approval uh, from, uh, who's the, Schumer. Sorry, Schumer? Yeah, unless Schumer says, you know, gives the go-ahead, he approves, then the money can flow in. Uh, You know, the corporate money flows in. Amy McGrath gets $90 million, $100 million, whatever the hell it'll end up being, probably $100 million. Uh, uh, and it doesn't matter. It, nothing matters except we said that this, this is the best candidate. You know, nobody else can question it. Right. Um, so there you go. You're left with this miserable situation. And, and don't you use know, your brain. If they had just left their hands out of the, hadn't given all this money and support, saving the grass from the first, Booker would have won against her and might have won against McConnell. You know, it'd have been interesting. Uh, I mean, it would have been a been, contest. It would have been a lot closer than twenty-one fucking points. Uh, Amy McGrath was the worst candidate in the history of politics. <laughs> Democrats did not even contest that seat. The Democrats are the ones who basically ran Mitch McConnell's campaign and made sure he got reelected again. That's what happened. Huh. So, um. You know, this is getting the conspiracy uh, conspiracy theory territory. But I mean, do you think that there's a pot? I mean, what way would the Democrats actually have been planning to lose that? I mean, what would have been their uh, instead of trying to planning to try to win that? Why? Well, do I don't think really think would... it's um, it's it's a conspiracy. I mean, I just think it's pretty obvious that. The way the system works is to make sure that just in case a Republican um, who's expected to win, especially McConnell, Mm -hmm. uh, just in case the person loses, make sure that you just get another conservative in there. Ah, But however it worked out, I mean, it's mainly just cater to conservatism. Like whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, the point is, is that you're conservative. And that's the end of it. Like, and you can't say, well, that's the whole problem with the system is that you, you look at this other way of, of looking things, these other political values and systems, 
and you just from the get-go say that they're worthless, which is what a tyrant does. Like you won't think about anything. You just you have to be right, and you have to be number one, and you have to be up there in your uh, you know uh, lofty uh, Mount Olympus, you know, with the clouds and the uh, the beams of sunlight behind your you know flowing over your shoulders as you look upon the world, you know, telling us that the rest of us what's going on. I mean, and that's just such a mentally ill, whacked out. Uh, way of, of looking at things that such people are totally not trustworthy, but it should also just be obvious from the state of things how completely wrong they are. I mean, America having the world's worst response to this pandemic is a sign of the of a of the culture is a complete failure. You know, it was hardly just Donald Trump, and the fact that he was even president in the first place is a is a big uh, part of the failure and. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is that regardless of exactly how it happened with McGrath getting picked, mm-hmm. um, she was just a horrible candidate. <laughs> so you have to say that whoever picked her didn't know what they were doing, you know, at, to give them the benefit of the doubt, they didn't know what they're doing, but more likely, I think I'm right. I mean, I think the game in Washington is we're going to divide up this chessboard so that we each get half the pieces and we can keep playing our game. Right. And so you've got to pick yeah. places like Kentucky, super yeah. conservative, mm-hmm. you know, super dumb, super Christ child, religious, mm-hmm. you know, and make it just a complete, literally a dump. Like I think that one of the things that I don't know if it's still happening, but it's for writing, there, writing it off as a deplorable red state. Right, or it's just worthless because it's poor and nobody cares. Right. It's like Kentucky, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Kentucky Derby. You don't, you don't have any power or clout, though. Who cares anyway? Right, and just well, but also this very hierarchical way of looking at everything, like inferior people, you know, worthless mm-hmm. sort of country yeah. hick, deplorable. Yeah, walking around in my um, barefoot and my overalls, chewing <laughs> tobacco. Uh huh. There's my sis. There's my sister wife. Uh, pregnant on the porch, ready to say, you know, getting ready to, you know, have sex with my cousin. And I mean, they really think like that, you know, that, and that, and that's why, you know, they're, they're tyrants, just like the Republicans are. I mean, they are garbage, but there was a deal for a while. And it may still be going on where wealthy states like Connecticut and New York had some political deal where all of the garbage that they produce was getting taken down to places like Kentucky, right? It makes sense, right? We're this Mm -hmm. densely populated area. We've got all Mm -hmm. this money. We produce all this garbage. We want it out of here. We'll just dump it in this, you know, nothing there but a bunch of hills and rednecks anyway. Um, But yeah, it's it's pathetic. No, we'll we'll call it reclamation. We're actually being environmentalists. We'll fill in the huge holes that we dug out to get the coal and uh, yeah, put the trash in there and see. We're, we're being uh, woke and uh, environmentalist when well, we take our trash and dump it in Kentucky. Uh, yeah, so. Um, to, to go yeah. back real quick to that Valentine's Day uh, prediction and, and mm-hmm. what we've been saying about the, the pot is I, I just have a feeling that there won't be any way for. Biden Harris to totally ignore it the way that they would want to, or the way that the Barack Obama could have back in 2009, 
right? Because mm-hmm. things are much further along than they were in 2009. There hadn't been any recreational legalization, and really it was still very much just a West Coast thing in yeah, 2009. So you could be, you know, another pompous dick in Barack Obama and, you know, be Mr., you know, smoothie on the smooth, uh, getting to be the president, and you're the young intellectual liberal guy, and you can just sit there and be a, a prohibitionist jackass. So, yeah, um, I'm going to have to totally push back on your prediction. I'm going to predict uh, basically the opposite. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that um, that definitely the administration will not support federal legalization uh, at all. They'll be totally... Oh, no. Hold, hold on a second. I'm not saying they're going to support it. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying they're not going to be able to ignore it, and that's why I think their presidency is going to fall apart. Oh, well, I'm, I, well, I didn't finish on that, and, and what I would oh, say was that, uh, I mean, basically by Valentine's Day, um, yeah, I just I think that people, it kind of goes to your uh, negative view of the electorate, is that, um, you know, unless there's a certain, unless it could be put up in front of the people, let's say if Kentucky, and I don't know why they, I guess it's because the legislator is up, legislature is puts the ballot, you know, the, what do they call them here in Kentucky? Is it, are they? Uh, well, I, I think in Kentucky, you, the, the system the doesn't allow for referendum you know, of ballot initiatives. Right. 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 Like you can't just put it to, to a vote. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't think that the citizens themselves can do that. Now the legislature. Right. Yeah. If, and that's the problem with Kentucky. Them. They're never going to put up a, uh, right, that should tell you what a horrible to, place Kentucky is. Right, yeah, and but I um, yeah. So I, you know, I think that you know, when New York gets it, you know, uh, it'll it'll just be like the abortion issue. It's like, well, states' rights. You know, we've got it in this state. Uh, for instance, I don't think that's why I don't think the Democrat leadership, the elite, uh, who live in, let's face it, on the coast. Uh, for the most part, uh, Roe v. Wade, they don't give a shit about it because they're always going to have it, you know. They're never going to have to go in the back alley and get the, uh, uh, <clears throat> get it, get reamed out with a coat hanger. Uh, you know, they'll always have access in their state, so they don't give a shit whether or not Kentucky or Oklahoma or Texas uh, has the right for abortion. At all. And I think it goes the same for the pot. You know, they're like, it's just kind of like a lifestyle choice, man. You know, if your state doesn't, doesn't, wants to still put prison for smoking dope, you know, that's just the right. And I think there's just right. too many, right. too, I think there's too, I think there's just too many liberals, uh, you know, which are just so right wing in our country now, uh, that just don't, have the passion about it like you do, you know, or I do, that this is a basic uh, libertarian uh, issue, a matter of liberty and and uh, human rights uh, to not be uh, oppressed by these fucking pigs. Uh, You're absolutely right. And, you know, there's just too many of them that love the cops and have been properly propagandized by all the shit that, you know, we were. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure how we escaped it necessarily, but uh, I think we saw through it, both of us, pretty early on. Uh, yeah. 
thought I was. And I just never found other people to be that, that trustworthy because I, I thought they were mean just in general. Like I thought that uh, my peers mm-hmm. when I was growing up were, were mean. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't really take their whatever for to heart, whatever their opinions were because they were mean. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I wasn't into conforming cause I didn't like the way that they were, you know? Um, yeah. and, and also the whole religious thing. I mean, I, I've always thought that was just really weird and dumb. Like, I don't believe this crap, you know? Yeah. Just how, you know, just how boring and stiff and, and kind of, again, mean it is. I just, yeah. I think, you know, American Christianity certainly. Conformant, Southern, for sure. Yeah. You know, um, Southern Baptist, you know, Southern Christianity is mean. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says, you know, that's yeah. uptight and. It's just mm-hmm. enforcing a, a way of life that is very oppressive. And if you, you don't believe church, exactly like we do, in your heart, uh, Jesus is going to throw you in eternal we get to believe We get to believe that we ourselves are actually God, and we, we think that we have the right to basically send you to hell. And we can we get to do that, you know. We'll just be mean to you. And, uh, uh, so, yeah, just to, just to end the prediction thing, I'll, <clears throat> I'll say the opposite. I don't. I don't think that um, that it's going to be come up as an issue at all. Maybe rightly because there's still going to be all these other economic issues that will that I, that I can tell you right now um, will be just as bad for the Biden administration for anybody like us, which is that they're not going to do shit uh, for the regular people in relation to the COVID. Uh, and they have the perfect excuse not to. Uh, they didn't want to before, but now that they uh, probably are going to lose the Senate, uh, they can just say, oh, well, you know, these Republicans just won't let us uh, pass anything, you know. And that'll be the end of it. You know, four years of... <laughs> four years of just uh, slow collapse. And th- this is really the interesting thing that's going to come up uh you know, if we still have a planet Earth in four years, but if we have another election uh, in four years, you got the situation like in the 1930s, well, where there was the crash. Uh, 1929 was it or 28? 1929, yes, October. Yeah, yeah. So it took pretty much three to four years before it bottomed out. Uh, stock market part and probably the economy was to pretty much bottom down in that 33, 34 um, area. Uh, what we had then was um, a conservative Republican administration, business oriented, uh, over 20s type thing. Uh, and it went four years of nothing really being done, right? Uh, right. At all. And then uh, and then uh, FDR got in, uh, and all the progressive things that uh, um, he did basically to save capitalism. I mean, that wasn't uh, socialist at all, but at least it was progressive things that held together for the most part up until now. Um, so, but in our situation currently, well, here is supposedly the liberal. Progressive, even some people call Biden progressive. Oh my God! Uh, and uh, 
starting out this thing, uh, very likely they're not going to do shit or what they do is going to be very inadequate for regular people. I'm sure there's going to be more trillions of dollars that are going to go to business to try to prop up the stock market or whatever. And in four years, what's going to happen? Well, I mean, are people going to be rallying around the new FDR, Biden, Kamala, or whoever's there? Uh, well, I, they won't be because they're not going to act that way. Um, so, yeah, the chances are good we're going to get, you know, super Trump. Uh, right. Uh, for 2024. This is, this is not looking, I'm not looking positive about how things are going to Yeah, and that's, um, um, now that we've had Donald Trump, you can't say that Donald Trump isn't real. And that's another (laughs) reason to say that this whole, you know, democratic approach to keeping things moderate, um, is, is a failure because, you know, Donald Trump was the very thing that supposedly this way of doing politics was supposed to not allow to happen, right? Like, it's, you, you keep the extremes out. <laughs> and it's a joke, and it's so bad that Trump is being used as a way to make George W. Bush <laughs> look like a, you know, just a regular moderate guy. And that guy was a total fascist, war criminal, right-wing extremist. I mean, they stole an election. I refuse to believe that Donald Trump was any worse than George W. Bush. Now, now that the pandemic has happened, I'll say that, that Trump is as bad as any American president in, in history. Well, I mean, he, I don't certainly, have any he need. certainly did not start any war, new wars. But I mean, he, Obama, Obama started, yeah, he, Trump didn't. Uh, Obama started several, uh, you know. Yes. Uh, so that... I mean, sure, maybe the numbers, uh, he did bomb a hell of a lot in the places that had already been started. Uh, he didn't scale back hardly at all on anything, uh, expanded on others. I mean, that was bad. But, we had 100,000 yeah. troops in Afghanistan under Barack yeah. Obama. And right. Obama did, also, did bomb Yemen. Yeah, started Yemen, did Libya, uh, started Syria. Uh, some of, um, was it Somalia? Uh, yeah, it's a long one. I think it's seven that uh, Obama got going um, beyond Afghanistan. Correct. <clears throat> now, that'll be interesting. Uh, I, I think earlier I've made a prediction that one way that, you know, Biden will try to um, maintain the, the conservative status quo is by ignoring domestic issues and focusing on foreign policy and will Biden get us into a war? Yeah. Like Iran, maybe? Uh, yeah, on Venezuela. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> that would be <laughs> Man, I'd rent a boat well, and go down there the, and film it just because they, they may they funny. may be content they may be content with sanctions. Now Iran, supposedly, you know, that was uh, that was it was true that there was, I mean, even though it was preposterous in itself, there was the Iran deal on Obama. Um, uh, but the thing is, is I think what will happen with Iran, I, I doubt they'll attack Iran, but I doubt they'll try to get the Iran deal back. And probably Iran at this point is like, fuck, it, fuck you guys anyway. We're not, you know. Uh, 
we don't want it anyway. <laughs> Kiss our ass. And they probably won't reduce all these um, sanctions, which are acts of war that have been hardcore and increased, you know, extremely against Iran up until it's probably, it's probably going to increase right till Trump leaves, you know, heads out the door. And will they scale any of those back? Well, we'll see. Maybe a little bit, uh, uh, but probably not all the way back to even the Obama time. Uh, so yeah, Iran, yeah, um, but Venezuela maybe. Uh, the thing is, with we've pretty much gone into the places that are real vulnerable, you know, uh, that we can see right now. But maybe you know, who knows? Maybe something will pop back up. Um, Bolivia, you know, we tried the coup. Bolivia, that was bipartisan. Venezuela was bipartisan. Uh, uh, with uh, Juan Guaido, uh, you know, that's been a bipartisan thing, you know, even Bernie Sanders, you know, called Maduro a dictator. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, no, none of this stuff is going to be scaled back. I can say that much as far as expanding. Why do they need to expand? God damn, they're. They've got 10 countries they're in right now, you know. Jesus, they need more to... Well, I just think, um, and, and uh, climate change is a good oh, example God. of this. Oh, God. Now, that's that's the, that's going to be the grim one, of course. Uh, and overriding our talk about national security and the uh, horrible empirical, imperial um, mass slaughter that we continually do, Overriding that is, you know, the nuclear weapons threat that, you know, underlies all of our bullying around the world, pointing a gun at everybody at all times. It's uh, uh, a good way to put it. Yeah, and you know that's our basic thing. We have seven thousand warheads on hair trigger alert that we can launch, you know, world over in about thirty minutes. You know, uh, <clears throat> and that's. Uh, I don't know nobody ever talked about. But then the, the other kind of more long-term, and it seems like it's shorter and shorter term, existential crisis is the climate crisis. And here's another prediction. Guess what? We're not going to do anything about that either. Man. No. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the Democrats. Uh, yeah, no bold action there. And of course, Oh boy, it's it's all the Republicans' fault because uh, in the Senate, because of the Black Lives Matter and the Bernie uh, basement dwellers, we didn't get the Senate back. And I'm sorry, we just can't uh, we can't do any of that uh, uh, Green New Dream or whatever Pelosi called it. Uh, green Dream, just a dream. Go back to sleep, boys and girls. We got ours, and we don't get, give a shit. You know, we'll be able to afford a a dome. Uh, we can live in a a dome city. It'll be an air conditioned, like the Flintstones, uh, <laughs> or no, not the the Jetsons. <laughs> the Jetsons, yeah. The Flintstones, are the <laughs> the Jetsons are the future. Yeah, there there's a scrape movie you should watch. I don't know called, what they actually called it. Called Elysium. Have you seen that but movie? There's there's got to be some way to 
shed the labels, either that or to embrace them and, and to use them in your favor and say, uh, yes, I mean, like we, we do think that we have to stop climate change, you know, and, and we do think that uh, socialism in some ways is a good thing and that, you know, we've, we've got to do these things. And uh, I mean, it, it, you, you can't simultaneously talk about how belligerent and horrible and dangerous to our democracy that Donald Trump and his supporters were. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're talking about the Republican Party. I mean, that's another bad thing about the way the Democrats and the media have handled this, is that they basically have given the Republican Party a free pass when they should have done the opposite these last few years, because they put all the critical focus on Donald Trump, and they've acted like Donald Trump and the Republican Party are two different things. Mm-hmm. And that the, the Republican Party were obliged to believe was, you know, once upon a time and only until recently, this great organization. But of course, that's a bunch of bullshit, because you've got a tyrant like Mitch the Cunt McConnell, <laughs> Uh, who, after the incredibly rough and difficult year in all kinds of different ways that Americans have had to endure, you know, wants to keep everybody, wants to keep all the, you know, coal miners dirt poor and say, well, all this has happened, but, oh, here's a jobs report. It looks pretty good, so no money for anybody. So he's, Mitch McConnell's actually more of a Republican than Trump. So is George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, and Rumsfeld the Butcher. You know, these people that started these two <laughs> wars, the one in Iraq is clearly and blatantly illegal, done just for the sake of basically having some sort of uh, national parade or, or milita- military celebration as a spectacle and catharsis for the uh, being attacked on September the 11th. But man, there's just been you know nothing good at all about the Republican uh, Party uh, since the Reagan Revolution, if there there ever was. And you know, my understanding is that they've always been backward and against any kind of progress, against civil rights and you know against and you know women's rights and just such a, a horrible uh, a, a bunch of filth, just a bunch of filth. Just like the Notre Dame students who ran onto the field to celebrate Notre Dame beating Clemson in a football game. Clemson was ranked number one, and Notre Dame beat him in overtime. And all the students, and there's thousands of them, you know, crowded around the field as it became apparent that Notre Dame may pull off the great, glorious Catholic Christ child victory. <laughs> Play like a champion today. Here comes Rudy. And, and they did. They, they won. And uh, I mean, I won't get into the sports details of of um, did the, did Notre Dame football or the ACC. Did this just happen? Did this just happen? Or? This happened on Saturday, but then the students all, you know, rushed the field. And these people have been the same way since they were 11 years old. They haven't matured at all, and they'll be this way for the rest of their lives. You know, assuming that they, none of them get sick and die. Um, which, as you know, a kindergartner died of COVID-19 this past week. Wow. Yep. A she, you know, five five year old. They they said uh, they took her to the hospital. They said it doesn't children are you know doesn't affect them that bad. And then less than twenty four hours uh, she died. And that's another thing that makes this virus so scary is that it's a novel virus and it's mysterious in its range of symptoms and in its unpredictability. And and uh, predictably, I'm sorry, I, that that was a bad. <laughs> <laughs> sequence of words. Um, 
it's it's uh it's unpredictable because it has such a wide range of symptoms and unfortunately i think the media and everybody else has been bad about emphasizing how oh yeah most people get it you know they're they're fine you know first of all this is not true it has an unusually high mortality rate it has an unusually high hospitalization rate i mean how many times have you ever gone to the hospital because you got a cold never like a, a, a young child that might be really sick, they might just go to the doctor and the doctor looks at him and gives them this and this, and then they take their medicine and some pills and then they get over it. Um, but instead of just realizing that this is bad and that uh, one of the things that's disturbing and dangerous about it is um, some people get it and it kills them. <laughs> and it just does that. And, uh, uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't change because you can say, yes, but you know, this many get it and nothing happens. And it's just really awful. It's almost you, like you, there had never, go ahead. You, you had on the topic, um, mutations. Was this what you were talking about or were there? No, um, this is something that actually the last I, I read about it, uh, maybe it's not going to be as bad as originally feared, but there was a mutation of the corona uh, coronavirus discovered in Denmark in the mink population. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, right, in, right. in Denmark, they, they farm raise minks. Mm -hmm. um, and um, they the minks got infected, and it's a cross-infecting mutation of the virus and so the worry was that if it got out of that mink stock <laughs> that it could start to infect the human population and now um when supposedly we're going to be getting a vaccine soon you would have to come up with an entirely new vaccine because you'd have a different virus mm -hmm. you'd have a you have a mutation you know change and, and and that's what i really have been worrying about uh before is that it seems there are some relationships as far as muta mutation ability, is that a word? Uh, mutability? Mutability uh, uh, with the coronaviruses and, uh, and especially with the flu, uh, right? There's quite, there's, um, you constantly have to be changing your vaccine to, to cover whatever the latest strain that comes out. Well, if we start having strains, uh, some of them kill kids, you know, or uh, this, that, and the other that have a whole different set of problems. Uh, one vaccine doesn't help the other. It's going to be yet another layer of hideous plague times that will be upon us. We think this is bad. Uh, just wait till that happens. Uh, yes, I think that you're you're right, that there's one of the worrisome things is that, you know, this may not be just a one-time thing. And, and Americans have this bad way of looking at everything as though it's happening in retrospect. And it's, it really shows in a way that uh, Americans are the undead. <laughs> I, I really do think that they just sleepwalk through life. And that the problem isn't that America is really divided and polarized, but that it's just completely apathetic and so very much the same just about everywhere uh which is that really people pretty much don't care about anything except you know they know they like to see other people get hurt and um uh that you know they accept you know violence 
and the pain and suffering and of others is just uh, a given. Uh, and so if you think that way, I also think that you're not trustworthy because it means you'll just, you'll never do anything to, to stop it. You'll never think, Oh, I read this piece about, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the, uh, uh, Nobel prize winner in 1979. He's a poet from Greece. And he said, in spite of everything, our destiny lies in our hands. Mm-hmm. I think that's, isn't that a great line? It's like, it's saying that there's, you know, there's world, there's all this going on that, that the, you know, one thing you can feel good about is, um, and he said it like, it's not enough just to put our dreams in verse. And I th- that was another great line because it's just sort of um, American fluff, which I think is most of what poetry is. You know, another thing I was thinking about with just the complete um, sham and, and racket that, that academia is, that how obvious it's become during this pandemic that that all of the writers all of the you know featured propped up writers are have not been able to carry wisdom forward in our culture right so all of the it kind of proves my point about how phony and fake it all is i mean there were not there was no literary figures that uh yes exactly yeah well and i think that also goes with just about every other celebrity uh, maybe that's the problem. Uh, celebrity is now, but uh, right, yeah, celebrity I, is is always this kind of plastic and doesn't have much to say. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. that that I mean they're good at smiling. They're good at I think what mm-hmm. you've called the visual charisma. Mm-hmm. You know they always have the right look and style, and um, it's the same thing that I've heard a, a British critic make about the American theater, which I would just make about American art in general, is that. Uh, it's it's competent, but it's totally unadventurous. Right, right. You know, it just doesn't have any artistic energy to it. Or, like, I, this is art. You know, it's always business, like everything else. Or it's just, this is what I do. And so we produce this, and then here it is. Okay, um, I had I had uh, three names on here that I wasn't quite sure what you wanted to talk about. You have John John Kasich, Ernest Angley, and you had Sibin. I'm not sure if that's a person or you're referring to Silicon. Oh, Sibin, yes, uh, Sibin is a is a company oh, that is oh. that is going to go public after uh, Oregon has a uh, full up uh, legalized uh, uh, psilocybin use uh, and is going to set up a system of. So I thought it was related to psilocybin. <laughs> yep. It's a company. Yeah. And that's another thing, right? So how do Biden and Harris at this point, you know, fend off, you know, Washington, D.C. voted to, to decriminalize all drugs. I think Oregon decriminalized uh, all drugs. I mean, this is personal possession, of course. This is right. Yeah. Bring all your cartels to Oregon instead <laughs> of shopping here. <laughs> Although, to tell you the truth, I mean, the way the economy is, I mean, people need jobs. You can't have it both ways. You know, you can't say everybody's got to have jobs, 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 jobs. You got to get a job and have a job. And our job is to help you get a job and to keep your job. We all need jobs and the economy is great because it provides jobs. The jobs are out there. The jobs report looks good. And by the way, don't forget about jobs. Say something about jobs. Um, 
you can't have it both ways and then just, you know, shut down every kind of market every time you turn around. You know, that's another thing about uh, Kentucky and, and pot. Like, at the, at the best, at this point, Kentucky will be one of those last states to go, you know, kicking and screaming, being dragged out of prohibition. Because, you know, every state around it will already, you know, have done it or because they're just, they're just such hate-filled people. They, they just, they're lost without, like, well, if I wake up in the morning and I can't bust people for doing something or see other people get punished or enforce my own personal view of morality on other people, what do I do with myself? And they have no answer. Like, <laughs> that's it. It's like if you really like to take golf and they say you can't play golf anymore, it's the same thing. So Ernest Angley is that? Well, it was, you know, Biden talking about the message of, you know, heal, heal. And it made me think of, you might remember him, heal. He put his, uh, Ernest Angley oh, is the oh. you know, Southern preacher that the phony evangelical oh, would put oh. his, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. palm on people's heel and they would fall backwards like yeah. the, the lightning bolt hit him. Yeah. And, now, was he the one that had the earpiece or was that another one? <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. I brought him up because of the message of, of healing. Like, and to me, that was very discouraging that the, the kind of speech that Joe Biden gave because, you know, healing is, is, you know, just another version of incremental progress. It's going to take time. It'll be slow, but it'll get a little bit better and it'll get a little bit better and we're going to be nice. I mean, it basically sounds like a George H.W. Bush kinder and gentler nation, right? Like, Trump's been a bad boy and a, and a bully and a jerk, and that's not who we are. Well, of course it's who we are. Like it was like you were saying, you've got how many thousand, seventy thousand, seven thousand warheads pointed at people. You've been fighting one war for nineteen years. You know, you you fought two for uh, for eight years, and really the Iraq War didn't went on at least until twenty seventeen with the you know, firebombing of, of Mosul and ISIS and that, that, that turned it into a bloodbath. Like, of course, we're a bloodthirsty, just out of control nation. And like, it's, so, yes, and it's good that Trump is not president anymore, but that's been taken care of. And, and I'm just not going to sit here and buy the people who are going to have nothing to say for the next four years, except, boy, it's good that Trump is out and think about how bad how much worse it would be if Trump were in there. Uh, I just don't, I'm not going to listen to those people. So I wanted to, I just, it came up in my head because I saw Jimmy Dore had this clip on there of a uh, 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 friend of the show, um, uh, uh, Colbert crying because Trump was, didn't want the vote to go on. Did you see that? It was like a clip of him and his show, and he like breaks down because Trump. Stephen like, Colbert. Yeah, uh, it's like it, the norms were broken. Oh, you got to get on and see this, man. It's just so it just tops off what a right wing nut job this guy was. That this character that he played, he was that goddamn character all along. Like this. Right wing conservative was supposedly a spoof and a, you know, uh, you know, more an alter no. ego, that, yeah. more an alter ego than a caricature. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. 
uh, hardly alter since it was, <laughs> it, it seems to be his ego, you know, oh, you know, and of course his set has two or three uh, American flags hanging um, and you know, he bowed his head, you know, because Trump was just Colbert did this merchant. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. You, you, if you look up wow. Jimmy Dore, Colbert, he, he has his little clip where he shits on him. And he's not um, being silly. He's really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, of course he's acting. He wasn't really upset. But right. He acted like, up, but... Yeah. I mean, because he, he, one thing, he's a very good actor. It's what uh, it comes down to. Right. So, you right. know, all these years, he acted like he was a progressive uh, <clears throat> lefty when he's just been this careerist. Uh, I don't know, man. He played it right, all right. You know. uh, careerist, I think, is is it? Yeah, yeah. He played he played it right, man, and and uh, he's just pathetic. So I don't know. I don't know why that came into my mind. Mainly, it's just this overall lame, centrist Democrat response to the whole uh, election outcome. Uh, right, but but to, to go for a second, like, are are you thinking that my Valentine's Day prediction is is uh, correct or partially correct? That, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't think that. Um, no, I don't think it's going to collapse under any situation because, uh, I, you know, it's a corporate money setup. Um, no, no, I don't think it'll, it'll, quote, collapse. And exactly what you said will bolster it up. That, oh, you know, the big national uh, disgrace is gone. We're back to normal again. It's a new uh, day in America. Or is, is one publication put it like America's back and it's like yeah doesn't that sound like a bad thing like you want what we had from before now now but I can definitely see a situation where you know who knows maybe by Valentine's Day this might happen but there will be a point where this this white white matter shit is not going away this is uh, they've been going nonstop with it after the election, they were like out there in the street saying, we're not going to stop and they're not going to stop. So this is not going to stop. Uh, there are going to be other other pressures on the Biden administration. Uh, they're not going to deliver. They're not going to give money. So, yeah, I think that they're going to be in trouble at some point. Uh, maybe it'll be as quick as Valentine's Day. Uh, Let I me tell say- you why I think. Yeah. No, this, let, let me tell you why I think it'll it'll be that soon. Is I, I just think that it, one thing that's clear to me is that the 21st century is about volatility. Mm-hmm. Like whatever the world is, it has accelerated. So it's not so much that it's going in one direction or another, although I do think in many ways it's going in bad directions. Mm-hmm. But the direction it's going faster and faster, and the directions keep changing. I just have no doubt that his presidency is going to be a complete failure. It's the same lackluster that this is not what we need. I don't need to yeah. hear about, you know, healing, for example. Right. Um, and, and this and, and another thing that I thought of in relation to, uh, to Spanberger, Abigail Spanberger and her CIA you know, hit job on 
AOC, like, you know, just dismantle the, the, the liability and just get her, you know, out of here, you know, disappear her or something, turn her into a, turn her into a, you know, pop culture figure, let her get a television show on, on, you know, somewhere. And, um, um, but just the, the way that the Democratic Party is the party of no joy, right? So instead of Biden getting up there saying, we've won the presidency, we've held on to the House, and we're going to flip the Senate, you know, just exuding that total confidence, like we're winning and it's us, and it's about us, and you people are finished. And instead of saying this, you know, I'm a Democrat, but I'll govern as, a, as an American, it's basically a rebuke of his own party. Like he's already, like he's not even been inaugurated yet. And he's already saying, well, I'm not really going to be a Democrat. Instead of well, saying, and, and he said he's going to put two Republicans on his cabinet. Well, that gets back to John Kasich, which is, you know, Kasich is a pro-life Republican. And the rumor has been that he'll be one of Biden's top cabinet people. And I'm saying, man, the country just is not what it was and what Joe Biden is going to be determined to think it, it is. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Biden is full of shit and it's, it's going to fall apart. And so it's going to fall apart fast. That's my basic mm-hmm. well, argument is that things just are uh, whatever direction it's going, whatever's happening. The, the momentum is faster. It's volatility. Mm-hmm. It's up and down, well, left and right. I, it's just, I totally hope you're right. I mean, uh, it deserves to collapse. And, the and that's kind of why I was hoping I, I was sort of cynically hoping that they would lose just because they richly deserve to lose it, you know, right? So I but definitely I think, think they, they deserve I think to fail. They're going to lose because they yeah. won't be able to say there's, you know, that there's something like Donald Trump can't happen if we just alienate the left and we, if we don't have any leftist influence in anything we do, if we're not progressive, mm-hmm. if we alienate the progressives, well, you know, there's, who cares? Like, we know that what'll happen. Like you're going to get Donald Trump, and that's another thing. Like if there was any truth to what Spanberger was saying, and that it was the problem of the labels of socialism and defund police being a slogan associated with Black Lives Matter, which, by the way, I think I'm all for defund the police, and it is part of Black Lives Matter. So if you support that movement, you also support defund the, the police. Well, you're abolition, crazy. abolition of the. De- Right. I mean, you're crazy if what stands out from all of that is not the image of Derek Chauvin having his knee on George Floyd's neck. If you're one of these people where the image that stands out is protesters and people shaking a fence and, you know, pointing lasers at the the cops, then you're just a total fascist. I mean, you're a closet wannabe slave owner. You just want to have dominion over other people. And you're a creep, and I'm not going to listen to you. And no, I'm not going to form an alliance with you so we can go ahead and have the right-wing extremism that you say we're not ever going to have because of the way you want to do things. But if what Spanberg had been saying was true, how do you explain the complete collapse of Amy McGrath? And how do you explain Hillary Clinton losing in, in 2016? When the whole argument that was obvious was you picked the wrong uh, candidate, just like you didn't pick... Charles Booker, instead of Amy McGrath, you know, Bernie Sanders was the vanguard. He's the one that had the energy and the momentum. Like, if you really were serious about wanting to win the White House and to keep it out of the hands of extremists, 
you would have put somebody like Sanders in there. But, you, but it's the, the fact that you always avoid progressive issues and you go out of your way to trash them exactly the way that Republicans would. That's why you lose elections or barely, barely win them that you should landslide. Okay, well, let's quickly, uh, running short on time, let's uh, go over the, last, the numbers for COVID. Um, <clears throat> sure. It's been a few days since I got. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's. Um, yeah, I may be able to get. Uh, I got a deal for a subscription with, for the New York Times, and they have a really good uh, COVID page. I need to draw that up to where we can uh, look it up. But I'm assuming we're getting closer and closer to the quarter million mark. I know that we're definitely. You know, we. You've been. You and both both of us, especially you, have been predicting a, a spike. And I think you can definitely say that it is now starting to go up um, in all categories uh, and in the United States and internationally. Um, there is a, a rapid acceleration uh, in Europe. Uh, we're seeing numbers of deaths and infection rates above the springtime level. Uh, and it doesn't look like that's plateauing. We're having to shut down left and right. Uh, it's really gotten into Eastern Europe uh, rather rather badly. It's just exploded there. I guess it hadn't really gotten in there quite so bad earlier on. Um, so this this stuff just does not go away, um, and I don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, um, so. Um, <clears throat> Can I inject something real fast on on that point? I mean, one, I agree with you, and it's kind of somber, and that's Uh, a sort of an overall tragic thing for humanity. I mean, like, no no matter how cynical uh, you get about people, I mean, I just hate it that, you know, this has happened. Like, we are living uh, in this time, uh, and this has happened. And, um, well, but if you you know history, you know, basically, it's coming back to the good old days. You know, uh, what do you mean? Where, well, you know, a hundred, a hundred years ago, when there was when there were no antibiotics, um, you had a half a dozen, a dozen different plagues going on. You know, rolling through all the time. You know, um, you can get your smallpox, you get your your cholera, you get your uh, Mumps, measles, blah 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 blah, and uh, uh, there was a respite there for a while, for the most part. Um, but it looks like we're back, back on track of the microbes winning. Uh, right, um, and I'm, I'm just, I think that whatever is going to happen with the vaccine is it's uh, going to take too long. I just think that the distribution is going to be really sloppy and half-assed because everything is. Um, and I'm not sure it's going to be as effective. I'm, not, I'm still not even sure that we're going to have it because I just think the stakes are too high to speculate about it. Um, but I just think that any semblance of an overall improvement in terms of morale, just in terms of basic emotions so that people don't really start to plummet into some hardcore um, misery. Um, it de- it really depends on 
on getting that vaccine and getting people vaccinated and getting the virus under control. And I just don't see Joe Biden at all having the tenacity and motivation to do this. And I don't think he has a clue about how bad things are right now. You know, he comes from that time of just this faith-based crap about American greatness and exceptionalism. And his speech was disturbing. It was a faith-based speech, victory speech. It was, you know, and, you know, God's been good to America and we're a fortunate, blessed place. And it's like, we live on planet Earth. We live on a planet. We're human beings. We're biomechanisms. It's the Earth and the solar system that keep us alive. You know, it isn't this abstract idea of a country. You know, you've got to be able to think in more just pragmatic and forensic terms to even come close to having a chance to problem solve. And I just don't think that the culture, it's image-based and it lives in a fantasy world. I just don't think it can bring itself to, you know, to problem solve and to come to grips with anything. But yeah, I'll say Valentine's Day. And I think Ocasio-Cortez has already started this. I mean, she's already saying like you people are hostile to these progressive agendas. And I mean, they'll just, they'll fall apart. I mean, this stuff happens all the time in Europe. You know, they have a, there's a new prime minister. And then six months later, we've got to have new elections because this isn't going to work. Um, but yeah, no, he, Biden, it's, it's definitely good that Trump is out. No argument here, but I'm not, I mean, this like, well, let's, we just give Joe Biden a chance. It's like, we've had 16 years of Democrat presidencies, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, we had Carter when we were young, but let's just talk about since we've been in college and, you know, young adults and, you know, we know what's going on. It, you know, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama were, you know, conservative, you know, at best moderate. And the number of things that I have gotten out of this political process of the social contract or the greater good or compromise, whatever you want to call it, this democracy that we have is zero. Nothing. And to think that after being, you know, crossing the line with Donald Trump, like that's definitely right wing extremism with Donald Trump. And then to say we've accomplished something because we um, elected the most conservative possibility instead of Trump, just I'm not going to sit here and uh, and have any patience for uh, watching these people do what I know what they're going to do, which is, which is nothing. And right now, Dave, in addition to continuing to keep my numbers on the pandemic, I'm going to start keeping a you know, number of days that Joe Biden does not declare that he's ending the drug war. Because he's all, one of the things that's in the news, I don't know if you know this, but one of the things that's been in the news is Biden already pledging to have these executive orders, right? But guess what's not in there, Dave? He doesn't say anything about cannabis legalization. He doesn't say anything about ending the war on drugs. Everything is about we'll get back into the World Health Organization. Wow, that'll blow everybody's mind. And then, you know, we'll get back into the Kyoto Climate Protocol, which, of course, these are good things. But again, in and of themselves, they're totally inadequate for the challenges right. yeah. and difficulties that we face. Yeah. All right, man. Well, good Good pod and uh, all right. Uh, take us out, man.
All right. Well, uh, this has been Dr. Dave Overby, along with my co-host, David Miller. This has been the Oblivion Podcast. Sayonara.